Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to you this morning into your house and we are thankful to be together, thankful for a chance to gather, thankful for a chance to worship you. The song reminds me that we're to be always hungering for more of you. And so, Lord, I ask this morning that you would place that hunger in our hearts. That you would place in our hearts, Lord, a desire to seek you on a daily basis. That we wouldn't ritualistically just come to church, sit in a pew, and walk out the same as we came, checked our box, filled in all the blank spots, and go on with life. But rather, Lord, I pray that our lives would reflect that hunger, that desire to be sanctified, to grow and to be set apart, to be holy. That our lives would look different than those around us who don't know who you are. That, Lord, we wouldn't have to speak one word, that our, that our lives would be that shining light in an otherwise dark world. As we celebrate this Thanksgiving season, I pray, Lord, that you would remind us of all the things we have to be thankful for. So many things we take for granted. We just assume that that's the way it is, that we somehow deserve a roof over our heads, somehow we deserve food on our tables, somehow we deserve a safe place to worship. when we realize that a lot of the world is struggling in those very spots and don't have those. May you remind us, Lord, of those things we need to be thankful for. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that it would be uh, bold and sharp and it would be challenging. That, Lord, you would begin to move our focus and our attitude in a different direction. Because we are selfish people In our very nature, we want what we want at someone else's expense. Your example was the exact opposite. You got what we deserved at your expense. May we live our lives more like that this morning. May we take that message to the rest of the world, to those we come in contact with at work, those we come in contact with in the store, those we come in contact with while we're driving, those, Lord, who you have put in our, in our way. May we be thankful people who can show that thankfulness and that gratefulness to others. In your name we pray. Amen. The scripture this morning is out of... Uh, Philippians chapter 2, Paul is writing to one of the churches he likes, maybe more than others, I don't know. It's a pretty positive message overall. Uh, Paul has uh, 
has a couple warnings for the church. And I believe he has some warnings for us this morning. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among, the, among them like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am becoming poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing. And I just want to remind you, I didn't mention it before, that we're going to be uh, sharing some praises this morning. Uh, I want to encourage you uh, to write your prayer requests on the purple sheets, throw them, and we'll make sure we got those for Kelly. But I want to focus on the praises, those things that we are thankful for in this season. Let's sing. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us to this spot, this very moment, this very day. Thank you for your word that cuts. It cuts deep sometimes. And that's what we need at points in our life in order to be sanctified, to be set apart from the things of this world. And so I pray, Lord, that your word would be powerful today because you are a powerful and mighty God. You are a God who cares and loves and really wants what's best for us. May we hear your voice this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Wow, they were, it, looks like, it looks like Africa, you know, when the little, like the gazelles are running in the background. They come through the windows like, meow, meow. Hey, a couple of announcements I need, need to just, uh, I just want to make mention of. Just so if you don't know about the turkeys, um, it's, it's been this ongoing joke that one of these years I'm going to be cooking 10 turkeys. Um, just so you know what happens, um, a friend of ours, a friend of the church, uh, is the manager at Save-A-Lot. Save-A-Lot? I think it's Save-A-Lot. Price Right, thank you, Liz. I knew you would know. Um, and they, Price Right donates 10 turkeys for us to take to the community of caring every year. Um, but they're raw. And nobody at community of caring wants sushi turkey, right? And so, so we've tried this experiment, and it hasn't backfired yet. So I'm, I'm going to count on it. I'm not going to have to do 10 turkeys. There are 10 turkeys in the fridge. And if you, I don't want to know who you are. I don't really care. Um, all I needed is it back before Wednesday morning at 8.30 when I leave. And so if you're willing to cook a turkey and if you're interested in doing that, take one, take two, take ten. I don't care. As long as I have them back so I can load them up on Wednesday morning uh, at 8.30. God has been good in this crazy project that we have tried. I don't know. I think this is like the fourth year. I have not cooked a turkey in four years. Community of Caring is better for that. 
If you like to carve it, feel free. If you want the gravy, great. If you don't, I don't care. Um, God has been really faithful in this project, um, and it's been an awesome project. So that's the turkey thing. I just want, just in case, if you're new to it, you're like, why are there, that's what Brentley said, why are there 10 turkeys in the fridge, and what are we doing with them? Um, so I want to make mention of that. I just also want to make mention, and uh, he probably won't be excited about this, but I want to make mention that Pastor Dave is in the house today. And uh, I, he, he's sitting in the back row, so no one would know that or see it, but him and Steffi are, are with us this morning. Uh, so if you get a chance to uh, give him a big hug, say hi. Uh, it's good to see him. So, so now he can be mad at me. It's all right. I don't care. <laughs> I know that's why I sat in the back. I, I saved you a seat right next to me. You could have sat in your old seat. We, we, I know, if you didn't know, he engraved his name in there before he left. No. So I got a question for you. What do you, what do you think about the Lamborghini girl? <laughs> did, it, did, you, did you get a little bit, did it get a little bristly for you? She doesn't, exactly right. She knows nothing about cars, right? Because <laughs> that's a cool car, right? That's like the classic. The classic Lamborghini car, yes. Anything bother you about what she said? Ungrateful, yeah, un- unthankful, ungrateful, uh, 16-year-old, first car. Uh, when I watched the video, I was like, this has got to not be real, because, and I'm not sure it is, uh, because it's pretty irritating if you think about it, right? It's kind of irritating to watch someone who gets this great gift for her birthday, and it's what? It's not the right color? It's not the right model. It's old like a dinosaur, right? That's what she said. Man, that hurt. <laughs> and then I watched it with a little bit of a different mindset. And I said to myself, gee, let's just be honest. I'm a lot like the 16-year-old girl when God gives me lots of gifts. And I'm not very thankful. God, it's not a brand new car that's in my driveway. In fact, it's dirty and I haven't even washed it this year. God, it's not a brand new house. Right? I don't like my job. I don't really... I'm not... I'm sorry. I need to... I, need to, I didn't mean... <laughs> <laughs> that came out really bad. That was, I wasn't mean I don't like my job. I just, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking out loud what people say, right? I want, God, I want a different job. I want, I want a job that pays twice as much and I work half the hours, right? And we say these things, right? I don't want a flat tire, God. I don't, I don't want to go through this trial. I don't want to go through this struggle. I don't want this problem. I want it to be smooth sailing. And when we get in that attitude, we quickly forget all the things we have that we need to be thankful for. Right? We forget all the things that we enjoy, like being able to breathe this air without having COPD. Being able to breathe without that feeling of someone pushing on your chest. 
or whatever those issues are that are all around us, it doesn't take very long uh, to find out that there are so many things we are, need to be thankful for in our daily life. See, because I think we really want it to be cookies and bonbons, and I want to sit on my couch, and I want to watch uh, all the soap operas all day, and I want to make sure I keep up with all that stuff, and I want an easy life, right? That's, that's what I think I want, right? I want to sit, and I want to watch, I want to be able to sit in my pajama pants, and I want to be able to watch sports all day long, every day, all week long, and have no problems. Has anybody ever done that? No, 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 we all have problems, Ken. <laughs> have you ever tried, like, like, you guys know that hunting is like my thing, right? I like to do that. And I always joke that I would take October, November, and December off, and I wouldn't do anything else, except I can't find a job that that works for. Um, when I do find one, I'll let you know. Probably won't want to find one. But i got to be honest, after about six weeks of sitting in a tree, this last Friday... I had a chance to be hunting. And you know what happened? I just didn't have that desire on Friday morning. In fact, I, I had more desire. This is crazy. I know you're going to have a hard time believing this. Don't worry. I'll get over it. I will be okay. I had this desire to sit in my chair and watch hunting shows. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm a work in progress. That's right. I had this, I had had so much of sitting in a tree, freezing to death, <laughs> that I finally, like, that desire was, is really not the desire of my heart. That's right, the, way bigger, and it's a whole lot easier to shoot them when you're watching them on TV. So what I want and what I think I want is really uh, not always what, I need in my life. And this scripture came to mind as I was thinking through this. Uh, it's in Proverbs 14. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. It is the way of death. And I want you to think about those things that we think we want, we think we uh, need, we think we'd be better for. Because it tends to be that those things really aren't what we need. And when we don't have those things, what happens? We quickly get unthankful or ungrateful. And in some ways, we actually believe in our mind that we deserve those things. And you know what? That wrecks our life in a lot of ways. It wrecks our life because we actually believe, I deserve, God, I deserve to have this in my life. I deserve to be able to live in this lifestyle. Isn't that what that young lady with the Lamborghini, that's what happened, right? I deserve a white one, and I sure as heck don't want this old crappy one. I want a brand new one. Can you believe you didn't get me a brand new one? And so I'll ask you today, are you unthankful? Are there places in your life that you're unthankful? Things that you don't even recognize, maybe, that need to change. We're going to look at this scripture because Paul is, is showing three things that I think, he's like, this is what God sees as unthankful. 
I like this picture. I don't. These are the things that God sees as unthankful. God sees us taking our faith lightly as unthankful. Think about that for a moment. God sees us taking our faith lightly as being unthankful. When we come and we come to the church and we find our spot and we warm that pew and we check the Christian box and we walk right back out that door and we don't think for one second or maybe not two seconds about our faith until the next week. That's when God thinks we take our faith lightly. Think about that for a moment. Is that what you do with your faith when you walk out this door? Do you take your faith lightly every other moment of your week? Are you able to share with other people the hope you have in your faith? Now, we're not always able to do the best or the what, what we need to strive for that right i can remember those times when we the first started coming here my kids were still little and uh it was all we could do to get here on time with three kids that actually had all their clothes on and hopefully shoes and and, and you know right veronica veronica you're feeling it right veronica veronica's got it she's like yeah i, I think i felt that this morning <laughs> And I admit that when we came those days, I can remember sitting in the garage one day just hammering on the horn like, come on, you guys, you're terrible. Because I learned at an early age. I learned at an early age that if you weren't 10 minutes early, you were, 10, you were late. And so I struggled with that being late thing. And so we would get in the car to be like, ah, everybody's trying to kill each other. And then what happened? Pull in the parking lot, open the doors. Okay, kids, smile, don't cry no more. Walk into church and we're good to go, right? Yeah, you guys laugh because you remember these, right? And some of you had it this morning. Some of you this morning were like, I barely even got here on time. I missed the countdown timer. Yeah, you guys were good. <laughs> Ken didn't cry this morning, he said. <laughs> That's good. Veronica was being kind to him today. <laughs> good job, Veronica. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your birthday. Yeah, that's right. So what does God want from us? He doesn't want us to check the boxes of I made it to church. Right? That's not what he wants for us. That's when we take our faith lightly. We take our faith lightly when it's, well, I'm just going to make sure I get there and get home and say hi to my friends and... Uh, now I feel better about myself. What God wants is a, a broken heart. You may remember the psalm, Psalm 51. Do you remember that psalm? We should have sang it today, but I didn't think of that until today. Have mercy on me, yeah. It's when David's, uh, David realizes the sin that's on in his life. and He says, you know, I could have given a sacrifice, but that is not what you want, God. You know what, you, what God wants? A broken and contrite heart. 
a broken heart. Contrite. Anybody know what contrite means? That's a nice big churchy word. Anybody know? Not anymore. Lee forgot, so great job, Lee. Now we're not going to, what are we going to do? A heart that is, yes, thank you. A heart that feels sorry. A heart that understands and shows remorse, sincere remorse for something that was done wrong. An understanding that I am a wretched soul in my own sinfulness. What does God want? He doesn't want us to live in that. But he wants us to understand that we did nothing and our sin took us. We did nothing good and our sin has brought us to that point. We are a broken people. And when we take our faith for granted, we minimize the difference that it makes in our life. And and we minimize what other people see in our lives. Mind you, I am not saying this is a works salvation, right? He says, continue. Did you see that passage? It says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Did anybody, did you catch that? Did that bother anyone? Did did you question that a little bit? Anybody? Nobody? I'm a terrible reader. That should... When I read that, when I read that, when I say that again, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That should cause a little glitch in your thinking pattern. What do you know about salvation? Yeah, we don't work at all, right? It's supposed to be free. So how does this verse work in the rest of Scripture? That should bother you a little bit, church. And here's what. I'm not going to give you all the answers, but I want you to think about that. Work, it does say work out, exactly. We never stop working. But I want to clear up one piece of that. Uh, and I want to just, uh, that's terrible, it looks bad. Uh, it's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It says, it's by grace we have been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is a gift that God has given us. Not by works that anyone can boast. I want to be clear that, listen, Paul is not saying that works, salvation is by works. He's saying continue to work out your salvation. Continue to live out your faith on a daily basis with fear and trembling. When's the last time you actually were uh, fear and uh, had fear and were trembling over your faith? When's the last time we actually took our faith that serious that we really needed to... Uh, check ourselves and where we were. When's the last time that we sinned and were concerned that we have offended God? Because I think a lot of times what happens to us is we get to that point where we just get kind of numb. We're like, oh, sorry, God, I did it again. Oh, sorry, God, I did it again. Oh, sorry, God, I did it again. I didn't really mean it this time, but I did it again. And we become this... uh, just able to just kind of throw it off because God's grace continues to cover it. God's grace continues to cover it. God's grace continues to cover it. This continue to work out your salvation. I want to encourage you. There's a nice big church word called sanctification. And when we were singing uh, uh, to be holy, set apart. 
when we talk about sanctification, it means to be set apart. To set our lives to be set apart from who we were and unto God. I want to encourage you to continue to work out your salvation. This is not a get-out-of-hell-free card that people give you because you come to church or that you ask Jesus to come into your life because uh, here it is. I got it. I got my card. I put it in my wallet. I'm a lifetime member, and I'm good to go. No. It's quite the opposite. It's a change in your life. I was going this path. Remember Jonah? We, I, I'll probably always remember Jonah now, right? Jonah always want, wanted to go that way, and God needed to turn him that way. That is the difference that salvation makes in our life. We were going that way to the road of destruction, and we were turned around on God's path. The second thing. When we whine, but I don't want to do that. But God, you know that's not my plan. I'm scared, God. I don't want to do that one. How about you make it easier? God, that wasn't it. I would like to do this other thing. I want the thing that uh, everybody sees. I want the thing that shows off the, the better side of my face, right? Do you struggle with whining? We despise it in our children, do we not? <laughs> Quit, my mother, she's not here today. She, can't, she would tell you, right? Quit your stinking whining, right? When I was little, my sister was a whiner. I was a whiner. <laughs> I wasn't the whiner. It was my sister. <laughs> you learned how to do it. I'm pretty, yeah, I just learned by example, Ken. <laughs> We despise whiners, and yet, what do we do? We're good at whining, and and I'll take you one more step. We don't always verbalize our whining, do we? Sometimes it never leaves our brain, and yet we are whiners. Sometimes, I know, hold your seat. Everybody got your seatbelt on? I'm going to take another one more step. Sometimes... We whine about doing ministry. Can you believe that? Sometimes we help people and we're disgruntled about it. That church person needs this, that church person. Don't they know they're interrupting my hunt? (laughs) Don't they know this or that? Don't they know I have things I need to do today? Yeah, I'm a whiner too. I don't always verbalize it, but sometimes I do it. And I've been working on, and God's been working on me in that one spot in my life. Is listen, you need to be okay with where I've put you at that moment, for that day, for that time. Quit whining about it. You're right where you need to be. But I don't want to, right? Because my selfishness, my selfish, selfish self gets the best of me sometimes. Paul says, listen, do everything without without complaining or arguing. Quit whining. You know why we complain and whine? 
because we have a sense of entitlement. We actually believe, and I know I'm going to take it, we actually believe that we deserve something other than that. We deserve better than that. I have been wronged. We'll actually go that far. We whine because we believe that someone has cheated us of something, has changed us, has not treated us fairly. Do you see why Paul says uh, why to do it without complaining and arguing? Oh, I wanna, I'm like two slides behind. Sorry. He says, you know why you need to do it without complaining and arguing? So that you shine like the stars in the sky. I know no, was anyone up at 4.15 this morning outside? Jeremy was up, but were you outside, Jeremy? Okay, it was beautiful out this morning, 4.15. Dog loved it. It's clear and cold. It was a beautiful morning. The stars, it was, there wasn't a cloud in the sky, and the stars were absolutely amazing this morning. No, <laughs> no I wasn't in a tree stand. I thought of it, no. <laughs> the stars were so bright this morning because there was nothing to get in the way. There was, no, there was no clouds, there was no moon, and the stars were so bright. Now, I don't know constellations, I'm the worst person ever for that, but I know they're up there because they're cool looking, right? <laughs> and I know one of them looks like a bow, I know uh, that's ridiculous, but I know that. Paul says, listen, don't complain, don't whine, do the work that I've put in front of you so that you will shine like the stars. You will reflect my glory if you do what you're supposed to do without whining and complaining. Did you know this? I was thinking about this morning. Do you realize that the stars don't go anywhere? That there's not a light switch on the stars? Did anybody ever think about that? I was thinking this morning. Stars don't have a light switch. Did you know that? They're on all the time. What gets in the way of the stars shining? What was it? Power star. Oh, okay. Zach, don't be speaking in code. This is <laughs> I'm a simple man, Zach. I'm a simple man. <laughs> the sun. Thank you, Zach. Yes. Right? The stars don't go out every day. They don't turn off when it gets daylight. They're there all the time. But they get blocked out by the sun for whatever it is, 10 hours a day. At this point, we're working our way down a little bit, but they're still there, but they get blocked out by the sun. And I wonder if our attitude isn't the same way when we allow our grumbling and complaining and our whining to get in the way. If our stars don't shine when we allow that complaining to get in the way. Finally, you want the third thing? Find no joy in life. Find no joy in life. I'm lost. I lost my paper. Ah. You know what God sees as unthankful? Finding no joy in life. If you can't find joy in this life, it's going to be a very long and miserable life. And just telling you, 
you have things to be thankful for. The problem is our focus tends to be on the negative things and not the positive things. Does anybody know the definition of joy? How about the world's definition of joy? Happy, right? I'm happy. I have pleasure. I just won the lottery. Whatever. Joy. You know what God's definition of joy is? Looks a little differently. Maybe you've never really thought about that. And I think sometimes that's what happens in our life is we begin to use the world's definition of joy in our life instead of God's definition of joy in our life. God's definition of joy is not based on the circumstances that we have in our life. It's not based on the things that have happened or not happened to us. It's bigger than that. David Campbell uh, has a definition that I, I really like. A deep and abiding inner rejoicing which was promised to us to those who abide in Christ. It is not dependent on circumstances because it rests in God's sovereign control of all things. That's what joy looks like. Joy looks a little different in the, in the walk of faith than it does in the world of, faith, if, of no faith that we uh, spend our time. There's a scripture in Acts uh, chapter 13, and I, I'll read you the end at first, and then I'll tell you the story. At the end, the last line in uh, Acts uh, 13.52 says, And his disciples were filled with joy, and the Holy Spirit. Here's what the, here's, let me read a couple more verses before. It says, The word of the Lord spread throughout the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and leading of men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook off the dust off their feet as a warning to them. And then they went into Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Does that sound like something that we should be filled with joy for? They were preaching the gospel and they got booted. They got expelled from the town. They got kicked out and they said, get out of here. We no longer want you. Is that something you think we should have joy over? How did they have joy over that circumstance? What's that? They weren't killed, yeah. <laughs> they weren't killed, right? This idea of the shaking the dust off their sandals, that's an idea that the Jews had that, if, uh, that it was Gentile dust. So, and so they would shake the dust off of there and get out, right? I don't even want your dust. I'm getting out of here. But they still found joy in a moment where it would not maybe have had felt like joy. Right? If you don't have any other joy this morning, there's no other joy. I don't have any joy. My life is a wreck. I have joy for you. And that's the joy of our salvation. If you don't have a relationship with Christ and you haven't offered your life to Him, if you want that real joy, God's joy, that's the only way you'll get it, it's by offering your heart to Jesus. Here's what God sees as thankful. Taking our faith more seriously. That means spending time in the Word. Spending time with God's people. Spending time encouraging others. The Scripture is full of, of those things that we can do to grow our faith. 
Get rid of the wine, right? Quit whining. Work on your attitude when you walk into those situations that you have normally... I, and I challenge you to, to step back when you find yourself doing that and ask yourself this one question. Why? Why did I just... Why, why is my attitude so crappy at this very moment? God has put me in this spot. I need to go with it. And finally, find joy. Find joy in the Lord. Find joy in those around you that you can encourage. I used to have this... Uh, guy I worked with in the, in the foundry, and I think he despised me. I don't know why. I don't really care. But I made a decision one time. I, I, he made me crazy because he, he just didn't have a good thing to say about anything in the world. And one day I decided I'm going to kill him with kindness. And I got to be honest, I thought about that scripture that says you'll heap coals on his head. That's not right. I know that's not right, okay? I'm just being honest with you, right? But I honestly thought, I am going to kill this guy with kindness. I'm going to, he's not going to ruin my day. Because God's bigger than that. God's bigger in my life than this one person who has a bad attitude, who has, a, who has decided that they don't like me or whatever. And I said, I said to myself, I don't care what he says or what he does. I am going to kill him with kindness. I'm going to treat him with respect. I'm going to be nice to him and I'm going to be kind. And you know what I learned from that? I learned that he had no control over my life at that point. Up until then, it bothered me. And I was like, you need to be my friend. And when you aren't my friend, I'm mad and I'm frustrated. And then I got to the point where it's like, well, his choice. I'm going to treat you like Jesus treated me when I was an enemy of his. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for reminding us, Lord, that we sometimes can be very unthankful people. That sometimes, Lord, we allow things in our life to make a mess of the things around us. Lord, we ask for forgiveness for those places, those areas that we have been unthankful in the past. And Lord, we ask that you begin even now to change our hearts. Change our hearts Open them up, break them where they need to be broken, that we might be, Lord, more like you, that we might treat other people like you treat us. In your name we pray. Amen.